0: We all want freedom. That's probably why you started your business in the first place. But truly getting freedom, now that is a lot more elusive than becoming a business owner. Why is that? I think it's because it costs us the one thing we want most in life. Stay tuned to see what I mean. Running a service business can be hard. Welcome to Service Industry Success, hosted by Brian Harding. Each week, Brian will look at real-world strategies for building the business you are dreaming of, while also sharing tactics to get through some of the most frustrating parts of business ownership with a lot more ease. Let's get started. Why are some business owners able to get freedom, while others just cannot? Of course, we must have processes in place, and we must build a culture that is Self-sustaining, and we must have a, a vision for what we're trying to to do. And everyone in the team must know and understand that vision. We probably have to have a leadership team in place of some sort. Doesn't mean you have to have a twenty-five person leadership team, but to have freedom, you have to have some kind of leadership team, whether it's official, like managers and supervisors and leads, or unofficial, like just people who pick up the slack when you're gone. You have to be able to trust employees to make decisions to have freedom. So what is it that allows some to do all these things while others stay stuck? This is maybe the biggest question we're all trying to answer. And there's a, there's a, a variety of things that go, are in play here. And we're going to talk about one, which I think maybe is the most important today. But what is it allows some people to have all these things? They have you know this freedom. They have all those things we just mentioned, plus all the other things that are needed. There's, there's plenty. And other folks are are just stuck. They're, they they're have a job in their own company. They have a team that they can't trust. They're laboring for countless hours each week, disappointing and angering and frustrating their family and their spouses and children and other loved ones. I have friends who work just a few days a month and are making more money than they ever have. One guy, I swear, him and his wife are traveling like two, three times a month. And I don't mean like they're going to, you know, the the KOA campground a couple of counties away. I mean they're going to places like Greece, <laughs> you know. These are these are not inexpensive not quick trips and they're and they're they're gone regularly, which is awesome. I mean it's it's that's that's the whole point of this is to is to build a life that gives you the freedom you want and to give gives you the opportunity to do the things you want and many of us want to travel. And so awesome. Good for them. Conversely though, I also know business owners who have been around and have had their own business for 3, 5, 10, 15, 20 years who still are perpetually working 70 hours a week. They're all very smart, talented people. So what's the difference? What is, what is it that allows one person to take these two or three trips a month? Seems like anyway. Maybe it's only one or two, but it seems like it's a lot. And other folks are just perpetually stuck working in their business. And I do mean it in the sense, you know, working in your business, not on your business, But, but they're essentially an employee. They built a company where they are an employee in their own company, and they're the most vital employee, so they can't ever leave. They have to make all the big decisions. They have to oversee all the critical processes and procedures. They have to make sure the team is doing all the things that need to be done all the time. Why is it that one can have the freedom, who's really smart and talented, and another person who's also really smart and talented can't? Well, I think it starts with our four personality quadrants. Again, for those of you who are who are new to listening, this is a very simplified version. There's all kinds of tests uh, out there that talk about personality types and whatever. Um, well, I mean, 25 years ago, I took one called the best test. Uh, there, there's, you know, ones that are more popular now where, um, you know, you talk about people who are, they, they say they're high D and they're low C and all. There's tons of tests out there like this. And and some are more sophisticated than others, and I don't have a preference over one or the other. But essentially, all those tests break us down into four personality quadrants. We're either introverted or extroverted. That's one axis on the on the test, and we either prefer doing things that involve tasks, or we do and prefer doing things that involve people and relationships. So think of your you know a silly example would be a used car salesperson that's an extroverted relationship person. They're outgoing, they're bubbly, they love talking to people, not so great on the details <laughs> and then you've got people like me at the other extreme, very introverted very task oriented I think this excel spreadsheet is perhaps the the greatest tool ever invented, and you know left to my own devices, if it's just me home alone for a weekend, if my wife's out of town, I will you know, close the blinds, <laughs> close the curtains. And it's just me in a quiet dark room watching some documentary on a, on a serial killer from 1974 or whatever it is. That's that that's left to my own, you know, having my own choice of what to do. I would rather be, that, that's how I recharge. It's is just alone, quiet time. And I would much rather be dealing with tasks. So that's kind of the, how the four quadrants are, are created. You have these two axes, introvert versus extrovert task versus relationship. So people who are introverted and prefer relationships. Well, let me back up all of us in each of those four quadrants have a thing that we really desire that really drives us. This is what makes us go. This is how we make decisions at the most fundamental level. And each of us has a primary thing that we just desperately want. And some of this is shaped through how we grew up. Some of this is shaped in the, in a generation we belong to. And just there's, there's certainly there's, um, you know, biological things at play here, whatever. Each of us in each of those quadrants so has a thing that we are desperately trying to achieve at all times. So if you're an introvert and you prefer relationships, you probably want to be liked. Like being liked is perhaps the most important thing. All decisions are made and all situations are framed and created to allow these people to be liked. If you're an extrovert and you prefer relationships like that, car salesman guy we were talking about the, the cartoonish kind of um uh version of that if you know if we were kind of you know doing a uh um uh, a drawing or whatever like the uh, anyhow um those kind of people generally like to be recognized if you're an extroverted task oriented per- oriented person then winning is what matters and if you're like me an introverted task person then being right is what matters so probably as you hear that list, one of those may resonate with you more than others. You might have a couple, like, you know, again, we're not, we're not all like deep into our quadrant. We certainly have, you know, some of us are, can maybe blend a couple of those, whatever. Generally speaking, though, there's one of those that primarily drives us. And in many ways, this sense of feeling we want more than anything else is what it costs us to get the freedom we so desperately want. And I'm going to talk about me for a minute, not because it's about me, but to explain what this is like for people like me. I like to be right. This is how, this is how I was born. This is, how, whatever, this is how I was created. This is how I am. I, I, it doesn't mean it's bad or good. It just is. We all have our thing, right? So if I keep putting my desire to be right ahead of gaining freedom, I will keep uh, often subconsciously creating situations where I get to be right. And if I'm the one who gets to be right, who doesn't get to be right? The team, especially the leadership team. I will have to create the process to be followed because I know what's best. And people need to follow that process because I know what's best. Well, uh (laughs) uh-oh, our people don't make decisions based on what we have told them we know best. Go back to when you were an employee. How often did you really sit there and think, well, the manager knows way more than I do. So I should probably just shut up and do what they say. There are times that that happens, but once a person gets talented and and skilled and and whatever in their craft, there's, there's way less of that. A person who's been doing their, you know, an accountant, working in an accounting firm who's been doing this for 27 years, probably doesn't spend a whole lot of time wondering how the boss would do something. They do it how they think is best because they've come to believe they are the ones who are right. So you can see how this, this, this creates this situation where it's not sustainable. I will somehow have to inspect that what I want done is being done each time. And you'll have to, you know, because you, you heard the saying, you got to inspect what you expect, right? So if I'm going to, to be the one who declares how these things were happening because I want to be right, and I'm going to insist that these people follow the procedure That I've created or the system I've created or do things the way I want because I have to be right and I have to have my way done, well, then I have to babysit every one of those things. And if I'm creating the processes and then ensuring that they're followed, well, who's running the company? (laughs) If I'm doing all these things that that require all this oversight and, and time to create and time to babysit and time to ensure they're being done, who's at the helm? I know what you relationship-driven introverts are probably thinking, people who who are introverted and relationship-driven, you're probably thinking something like, yeah, you bossy people like Brian really have a problem there. But it's the same for each of us in each quadrant. If you put making sure you are liked above getting freedom, you'll take the opportunities from your leadership team for them to be the hero and to be liked, which keeps the, the harmonious relationship balance from being maintained between supervisor and manager and their subordinate employees. If the leadership team, if your leadership team gets to deal with all the unpleasant parts of leading a team, you know, disciplinary actions, and those conversations about improving performance and, and interpersonal relationships with the team. If, if the, if the supervisor or manager in that department gets to deal with all that stuff and you as the business owner get to do all the fun stuff, like announcing and celebrating positive reviews or celebrating attaboys or bringing in cake for their birthday or whatever, well, how's that going to work out? If, if, if the, the, the supervisor is only known as the person who does all the bad stuff, and the business owner is only known as the person who does all the good stuff, how is that going to play out? It's not going to play out very well. And I'll give you an example I'm talking about later on. Same if you want to win. If winning is what matters to you and you subconsciously or consciously put yourself in situations where you get to win all the time, well, who's not winning? Same if you want recognition. You're putting yourself in a situation where you get the recognition all the time. Who's not getting that recognition? I believe this is this is the thing that in a in a weird kind of almost diabolical way, we all want freedom. This is why we started our business. The cost of freedom is that thing we want so much. In my case, it's to be right, in others' cases to be liked. Some others still to to win or to be recognized. That is the cost of gaining freedom. Give once we are able and willing to give that thing away that we crave the most and allow our teams to have that, then we can have freedom. Now, none of these are easier or more impactful to give away. All of those things are important. People need to be feel like they're being right. Not 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 every no, not just people who live in my little quadrant here, people who are introverted. Relationship people also have a need to be right sometimes. They have a need to, to win sometimes. People like me have a, have a need to be liked sometimes. We all have all these things, but we just have this primary driver that we want this thing the most. But whatever our thing is, by making sure we get it and withholding it from our team, we're keeping them from having a critical element for them to want to do this stuff and have a chance to be successful at this stuff. So none of these are easier or more impactful to give away. We must intentionally give our team whatever our deepest driver is so they can be successful. And that is, for me anyway, that was the moment, I don't even know how many years ago it was, but th- that was the moment where I, I I knew that I wanted to be right because i had read tons of books and I had tons of training on these four quadrants and done these tests and all that kind of stuff. And it really came down, one day it just kind of hit me as I was struggling trying to get people to do things the way I wanted and trying to impose my will and trying to, to convince people. If you, just, if you would just be quiet and see what I'm telling you, that if this is right <laughs> and struggling with that and getting worse and worse results all the time. And the, more, the, the worse results were, the, the harder I tried to impose what I wanted. And finally, it just hit me. Do you want to be successful, Brian, or do you want to be right? They're not the same path always. Sometimes they are. Sometimes they're not, and it's no different than if you want to be recognized. Do you want to be recognized, or do you want to be successful? And for me, the goal I was aiming for was freedom. So it comes down to, do you want to have freedom, or do you want to have this internal driver that you crave so badly? So More on that in a minute. First, let me take a moment to tell you about my book called Service Industry Success. For those of you who are watching on YouTube and Rumble, you can see it over my shoulder on the shelf there. Uh, it's available on Amazon or anywhere the finest books are sold. Only the finest books are sold is where where you can find my book. Uh, This book takes a deep dive into leadership ideas, strategies, and tactics that have worked for me over the years to gain the exact freedom we're talking about today. The exact step-by-step things that I was taught by my fantastic mentors are in that book. And uh, I'm telling you, step-by-step is what led to having the ability to work only three days a week, only a few hours a week. It's primarily for business owners who are afraid of holding their employees accountable out of fear that they will leave. Or who want to develop strategies and tactics to hold their team accountable without feeling like a jerk. It's for business owners who want to teach their leadership team how to be effective managers and leaders but don't have a step-by-step process available to do so. This is literally, in some cases, a step-by-step conversational uh, roadmap. It's for managers and leaders who want to develop the knowledge and skills to get their employees to do the right thing because they want to rather than being motivated by your uh, your threats or pleading. That's one of the key things that I learned early. Is I wanted people to do I, my strategy was in, around people. I want them to do the things right, the right thing because they want to, not because I'm forcing them to. It's a step by step guide to lead, inspire, and motivate your employees. I cover all the things I've learned from my great mentors in my career. Starting out as a supervisor who was not very good at leading, I'm talking about it here in this podcast to become proficient enough at it that I would argue. Uh, that that is probably my number one skill set right now. And my, my number one greatest professional strength at this point is leading teams and teaching people how to do it. So to get your copy from Amazon, just go to SISthebook.com. That's SIS as in service industry success. SISTheBook.com. It'll take you right to the Amazon page where you can get it. All right. So the first thing we have to do, getting back to our topic, is identify what is our driver. What is the thing that we want? again, for most people, I've, I've found a few exceptions, if any. I don't know if I've ever found an exception to this. Most of us either want to be right, to win, to be recognized, or to be liked. Once we know what the driver is, then we need to learn the behaviors that are putting our needs above gaining freedom. So like need to be the person who came up with the idea each time, um, you know, recognition maybe, or, you know, being right, whatever. I, I had a boss, I've told you about this person before. Uh, he was a vice president for the company. I was a branch manager. I was very young. I, I was in over my head on some things for sure. Had a lot to learn. And this guy sent me to a lot of places. I like, would send me to different branches, to learn different things. And and I would go to Phoenix. You know, I was in the Seattle Tacoma area, and I would go to Phoenix, and I would go to Houston, and I would go to. Uh, I went to the Bay Area a lot. Went to L.A. a couple times, and he was sending me places, to, to, so I would learn things. It was fantastic. It was a great education. And then when I would come back, and I would implement something that I had learned. <laughs> Guess who got the credit for it? And I mean, he lived in LA. I was in the Seattle area. Like, he wasn't even in the, the location I was at. But when something would improve because I learned something, he would say, well, that's because it was my idea to send you to Phoenix. <laughs> it was always his idea. And the, these are the kinds of things that it's funny now. Uh, he was he was not a very pleasant person to work for, but it's funny now. But these are the kinds of things I'm talking about. It, because it was always his idea, even if I was the one who rolled up my sleeves and did the work, it was his idea. Therefore, he gets the credit. Those are the kinds of things that we can do consciously or subconsciously or being the person who has to make sure you get, um, uh, uh, you know, the one-upmanship thing. You know, you know, a person has a, a, a success of some sort and, you know, subconsciously or consciously, we just find ourselves saying something like, oh, yeah, well, here's how, how that happened to me. But my story was even bigger and my success was even more. And, and look at me, but, but see how it happened for me and how mine is better or whatever. Those kinds of things can happen. Those are, those are very detrimental when we can't allow people to have their own successes. For people who need to win, I told you about this person before. I worked with, for a guy, and his thing was he, uh, he really, really had to win. And he would do these things where he, had these, he would take bets with people for a and, dollar, and, and he desperately had to win. And if he would win, so he would, you, know, you would say, I think the sky is blue, and he would say, I, I think the sky is pink or whatever, and he would bet you a dollar and if he won he would take your dollar and on a with a sharpie write your name on it. and he had a corkboard behind his desk that so he hung all these dollars up so he had a a whole bunch of dollars with people's dates and names on there for where they had lost the bet to him and it was just it was a peculiar um insight as to how his brain worked and guess what people did not respond favorably to that it was funny in the beginning but then it became not so funny And next thing you know, um, people really had a problem with it. So, uh, sorry about that. Uh, okay. So the other thing is for people who need to be like avoiding conflict and uh, delegating all the unreasonable amount of, of the things that they don't want to do because you want to be liked, you know, if the manager to do the bad stuff, like I said, the employee and only the bad stuff and you get to do all the good stuff. Well, guess how that's going to work out. Employees are going to turn out to not like the managers very much because the managers are seen as people who just are, are bad people because they do, they deliver the bad news all the time and the business owner or the, or the, you know, the higher level manager gets to do all the fun stuff. So the employees begin to not like the managers. The employees begin to go to the likable owner for things and the owner who doesn't want to, to put them in a situation where at least temporarily they wouldn't be liked can't or won't support the the manager who they put in this situation to do all these bad things was so the employee comes to the the want to be liked business owner and complains. The business owner doesn't support the manager because that would put them in a situation where right this minute, that employee might not like them. So then the manager doesn't feel supported. The employee feels like the manager is mean and, and all that completely unwinds. So this is a case where I've seen this as well in person, in a real life example where the, the business owner would just would not let go of being liked. And they had to make sure that that they were in a situation where no matter what happened, they were seen as the good person, and that put all the burden for the holding people accountable and doing all those unpleasant things on somebody else. And those other somebody else's had a really hard time developing, uh, you know, the the team and devo- developing the support from the team because the 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 likable, nice business owner was seen as the person who was the, the nice person, and that and that completely stunted the that department growth or the company's growth. So. So the trick is to figure out what it is we want and then just come to the grips with the idea that to get the freedom we say we want, that thing that we desperately want so badly is the thing that it's going to cost us. If you're introverted and you like relationships, it's being liked. If you're extroverted and you like relationships, it's being recognized. If you're extroverted and you like tasks, it's winning. If you're introverted and you like tasks, it's being right. None of these are easier or more impactful to give away. It's whatever our thing is. That's what it costs us because giving away our thing allows everybody else to have that thing. And once they have that thing that we are desperately trying to get, man, as a team grow. And then all of a sudden you look around one day and you're like, I don't even have to come to work anymore. (laughs) You know, you'll still need to go how many days a week or a month, but, but you will see a dramatic, I promise you, you will see a dramatic change once you are consciously able to put aside those things that we really want. So, all right, don't forget to go to sisthebook.com to get your copy of service industry success today. Also, if you haven't had a chance yet, subscribe to this podcast uh, or click on the follow button. Share it with a friend or colleague who's a business owner in a service industry. If you're, if you're listening to this and you're you're in the accounting business, share this with a friend who's in the accounting business, who you know is struggling trying to get to a place where they can trust their team or you, you know is struggling trying to gain efficiency or capacity. This is the ticket. Uh, also, if you haven't had a chance, give us a rating review if you can spare a couple minutes. And thank you to everyone who's already done that. And uh, that's it for this week, and I will see you all next week.